Um, I have to say the last question brought about some heated debate among the marketing team. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to tell you the truth. It's the honest marketer. Sincere, legit, and never fake. So now let's all raise the roof. It's the honest marketer. A real podcast from Funnel Cake. So who are you and what do you do? I am Hannah Abaza, and I'm the VP Marketing at Uberflip. Uh, and Uberflip is uh, one of my favorite brands and online voices as a marketer. Uh, I'd really love to know how you developed that marketing strategy. <laughs> well, we just wrote it down on a big whiteboard. Be an awesome brand. <laughs> um, sometimes it, it feels like people think that that's how it works. But no, I mean, listen, like it's a it's a, an ongoing iterative process like anything else in marketing, whether we're talking about you know, optimizing your website or your landing pages or whether we're talking about kind of building your presence and your brand. Really, when I joined Uberflip, we kind of were, I guess, a little bit starting from scratch. Uberflip was really focused on a very different product when I first joined. We were just sort of dipping our toes into sort of the content marketing space, really targeting marketers and B2B marketers. So with that came kind of a shift in strategy. So it was just around really learning who it is we were talking to, developing how we wanted to be perceived in the market, clarifying our positioning. And then from all of that, it stems your actual strategy and tactics, right? So really kind of started there. It's hard to get more specific than that (laughs) because every business is a little bit different. But, you know, when you're first building it, it, it's really around that. And then, you know, brand is one of those things that just needs that constant sort of reinforcement and nurturing. So just being really consistent in everything that you put out there and making sure that you're really talking to the people that you need to be talking to. Awesome. Yeah, I think uh, your focus on who your buyer is, in your case like ours, it's uh, marketing. And you really seem to be the face of the organization on the outside. You're actually running the webinars, you're writing blog posts, you're doing slide shares. And uh, how are you finding the time to do that? And (laughs) (laughs) what prompted you to dig so deep into doing that actual tactical marketing? probably a bit deceiving that it seems that I could do everything. (laughs) So, I mean, the webinars are one thing that I do kind of of host, but, you know, what goes into a webinar is way more than what you sort of see me jumping into on the day of the live recording, right? Really, for me, I'm kind of the, the person that hosts the webinar, if you will, and then sometimes I'll actually give the webinar in terms of putting together the content and the presentation. But when you're looking at webinars on a, on a B2B sort of scale, there's so much operations that go into it. So we have, you know, Tara on our team who'll put together the landing page and make sure that it's integrated with our webinar software. We'll have sort of our content information team creating content around the webinar to help promote it. We'll have kind of our demand gen reaching out to people through various channels, getting them to sign up for the webinar. So when it comes to like, you know, using that as an example, it's funny because there's so much operational stuff that happens in marketing on the back end that sometimes you see sort of that end results and you know it might seem like I'm doing all of them and I'm doing everything but my time is actually very little compared to <laughs> the rest of the rest of the team's time and I think that actually applies for a lot of this stuff so you know for example blog posts I actually don't really write many blog posts anymore I'm very selective in, in what I write because I don't have the time to sit down and write a blog post so if I am going to do it you're probably going to see it everywhere because I'm going to share it everywhere and I'm going to actually probably cross post it on a bunch of different platforms so it's seems like I'm doing a lot. <laughs> um, same thing with uh, with slide shares. So, you know, any slide shares that I put out are typically, you know, re- 
repurposing the webinar content that that we're doing. So trying to keep it efficient in in that way. But you know, I do have to say that that I do love the tactical side of it. You know, as Uberflip's grown and as a marketing team in particular has scaled, uh, I definitely am not involved in kind of that day to day tactical stuff. And and nor should I be because there's a great team we have in place to do that now. But I do think that it's important for you know senior marketers to be at least aware of and have a, have a good understanding of kind of the executional and the tactical component of it because it's changed and evolved so much that inevitably, you know, how you execute tactically can also help how you make strategic decisions, right? Operationally, how are you executing all of these things? So we have uh, a team with, uh, I guess, four main functions. So right now at Uberflip, just to give people some context, we are over 60 people. I think we're 63 or 65 people. And our marketing team, I know, you think I would know the number, right? Our marketing team is uh, nine people right now. Uh, I think soon to be 10 people. And there are essentially four different functions in marketing. There's demand generation. And under demand generation, we you know, have somebody focused on sort of that inbound marketing, lead nurture side of things, really kind of optimizing conversion rates, sort of once we've already got people in through into our funnel. Then we've got somebody focused on marketing programs, which is really paid lead generation programs that we're, that we're running and, and looking to scale moving forward. Uh, and then we have somebody focused on marketing operations. So that's really the demand gen side of things. Uh, the other function we have is content marketing, and that is it's essential to what we do. So, I mean, content fuels a lot of our demand gen uh, strategies and a lot of our demand gen tactics. So content is kind of the heart of you know our strategy, and, and I, I think it's pretty clear to see why. I mean, we are a content marketing solution. Uh, we help people manage content experiences. So to a degree, I mean, we want to make sure that we're setting a really good example, not only in how to use our product, but a, setting a really good example on how to execute in content marketing as a whole. And because we've done the work and put the time in, it's really paid off and it really works well for us on all fronts from a lead gen standpoint, from an awareness standpoint, really making sure that we're, we're driving as much value as possible for people from the outset with our content. So so demand gen, content marketing, we have events and communications, which is a little bit of a newer role for us. But because in the past couple of years, we've really scaled the number of events we're attending, it really needed to have somebody focused on it full time. And I have to tell you, when we brought her in, total game changer. <laughs> awesome. um, yeah, it was really great. We were able to level up how well we were doing it. And we were able to also scale kind of the number of events that we're doing. I think event marketing is kind of funny. It's sort of going through a little bit of a renaissance I think because I think for a while people were like trade shows conferences that's so old school we can't measure that <laughs> it, yeah it, it's funny yeah. because uh, we're throwing one right now you're, you're speaking at it mm-hmm. and it's uh, our first really big lead gen thing we're doing as a company and uh, it's turning out surprisingly well yeah yeah it's I, I think people are you know back to kind of appreciating that contact, that one-to-one contact, that face-to-face contact that you don't get online. You don't get the same nuances that you get from, you know, speaking to an individual face-to-face. So so that's something that's been great for us, that sort of events function. And that also obviously helps fuel demand generation, but that also helps from sort of a broader kind of awareness messaging side of things, which is something that I think uh, a lot of people ignore, at least at least the messaging part I think a lot of people ignore. Uh, and then we have product marketing. So really demand gen content, 
events, product marketing are the four sort of main functions. And I mean, as you know, we've got people in all of those functions. We've got a designer that sits on the marketing team that touches all of those groups. And then we've got a couple of ad hoc groups. So, you know, we do customer marketing in conjunction with the customer success team. So that's sort of an ad hoc team made up of marketing and customer success. So they're responsible for managing, for example, our advocate hub. We've also got sort of a cross-functional team that deals with product where you've got sort of product marketing, engineering, and, and product roles there. So that's sort of how we're structured right now. Obviously, as, as the team starts to grow, that'll evolve and shift, but it seems to be working well right now. Yeah, it's a really modern structure for a team. Uh, there's kind of only two of the historically marketing roles in there, which is uh, product marketing and events, and the rest mm-hmm. are really new sort of digital marketing roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's true. And I think that's great. It's how uh, we're trying to build our team as well. How has that kind of changed the way your role is versus how a VP or a CMO uh, would have been uh, running their team in the past? Mm, I think that's an interesting question. I think now, I mean, if we were to speak sort of much more broadly about marketing and its and its function and its place within an organization, we're seeing that it's a very different role now, or it's evolving to be a very different role. Uh, I don't know that I would say this is necessarily the case in every organization because there's always sort of those laggards that haven't quite quite sort of evolved their marketing processes yet. But one quote that comes to mind is something that Seth Godin said, I believe it was in an interview with The Economist that was published via Marketo. And he said that marketing should be in charge of everything. Marketing is the first step in anything an organization does, which is a pretty profound statement. And that's basically saying that, you know, if you're the VP or you're the CMO, the breadth of what it is that you touch is no longer just that top end of the funnel where you're building awareness and you're maybe getting some some leads through the door and then forgetting about it, right? I think marketing has evolved to the point where CMOs are really owning the entire customer experience. And part of the reason they can do that is now we can actually start to measure the impact of our marketing a lot better than we used to be able to, which means two things. Number one, we can show that we're getting you know, measurable results. So marketing can actually really make a positive impact on, you know, sales, on customer success. But it also means that marketing is much more accountable than ever before, right? Right. Which brings about the need for an evolved skill set when it comes to, you know, somebody heading marketing. So I think, you know, VP or CMO in the past probably could have gotten away with maybe a more narrow skill set that dealt with just that first part of the funnel, because that's all marketing was responsible for at at that point, right? But a VP or a CMO moving forward is going to have to combine sort of that strategic thinking with that analytical skill set, with that ability to, at the very least, understand the execution on the tactical side. You know, it's not that they have to be in the weeds doing it necessarily, but they have to understand how the internet works, right? (laughs) Um, So so there's a lot of elements around how, how that role has evolved. Right. So if you kind of dropped in a CMO with more 20 years classical marketing experience, what are some Mm -hmm. of the hard truths they would learn trying to run uh, Uberflip's marketing? I think some of the struggles would be maybe around, on the tactical side, around the distribution strategies. But, I mean, to be totally honest with you, like, yeah, they might have a hard time running sort of the day-to-day, but when you just look at the fundamental concepts of marketing and what marketing is, that really hasn't changed, right? So at the end of the day, you want to 
build good things that people want to buy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so, so that 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 sort of side of it hasn't really changed. And I have to say, some of my favorite marketing books are actually marketing books that were written like 10, 20 years ago because they really get to the heart of the issue. Now, can they manage the execution on the tactical side? That's going to be a lot, you know, a lot harder. And and can they actually? take what they're doing on the marketing side and also represent it, sort of represent the metrics and the impact to the overall organization. So those might be some of the things that they might struggle with. But, you know, when it comes to just the basic sort of concepts of good marketing, I mean, like I said, I don't think that's something that's changed really. I would agree with that. You mentioned earlier how much focus you have on metrics and the deliverables and tracking everything that's happening. How does that change your relationship with the sales team? Yeah, so our, our relationship with the sales team is is one that we are constantly nurturing. So marketing here is probably more involved with sales, I would say, than in, in a lot of other organizations. And I, I can say that with you know pretty good confidence because our customers are marketers, right? So our customers are essentially us, which is which is great because we're marketing marketers that are really sort of in organizations that have very similar structures, right? They've got marketing and sales teams. They're trying to pull leads into their uh, into their sales funnel. For us, we really work closely with the sales team, in particular with you know the BDRs on our team. So the way our sales team is structured is, is structured is it's got business development reps that initially will do the outreach and the contact for leads that are coming in from marketing, and then we have account executives. So we work really closely with the BDRs on a on a regular basis. We meet with them weekly. We give them as much context as we can in terms of outreach when they're reaching out to people. They give us feedback in return around you know what's working, what's not working. You know which which leads are the most responsive from which channels, and you know at the end of the day, what we do is we we represent all of that in our reporting, right? So all of that kind of gets represented in terms of what does our funnel look like, how many leads are passing through, what's the percentage conversion to their sales reps, what's the percentage conversion from there to the account executives in terms of opportunities, and then how can we actually improve that cycle? And I think one thing that a lot of people sort of take for granted is, you know, we talk a lot about that funnel, right? Yeah. And and even in content marketing, if you look at content marketing specifically, we also talk about the buyer journey, right? So whether you're talking about the buyer journey or whether you're calling it a funnel, the incorrect, I guess, assumption is that it's a linear process and it's not, right? people jump around your buyer journey <laughs> yep. and people go up and down your funnel. <laughs> that's the reality of it. Oh, that's um, where we got our uh, company name from. Funnel cake? Oh, that's great. I love it. But, but I mean, then you guys know better than anybody else that being able to have a pulse on where people really are sitting and um, how you can best cater to them, I think is important. And that traditional funnel where marketing was at the top, sales is kind of in the middle and customer success is at the bottom doesn't really work anymore. The reality is marketing kind of sits everywhere and they might go into sales and then go back to marketing for nurture because they're not quite ready yet. right? So, so those are some of the things that we've tried to to look at on a marketing standpoint and because marketing at Uberflip kind of owns sort of the the reporting of that funnel we really work with the sales team when we when we have those metrics to kind of help uh, identify areas where you know the process can be improved how are you keeping pace with the changes in sort of tools and tactics and strategies uh, that you're using at Uberflip 
I think we're at the point where it's hard to not keep pace because everybody seems to want to tell me about <laughs> new tech and tools and tactics and marketing. I, listen, I mean, it's, it's like anything else, right? The continued education is something that our entire team uh, really takes to heart. I mean, we do regular lunch and learns, you know, within our team. And, and it's funny because it's not only our marketing team that is constantly kind of reading up on this stuff and they love this stuff so my marketing team in the best possible sense of the world is full of a bunch of marketing geeks and they are marketing to marketers and they love it <laughs> so so for them I mean they're naturally coming across this stuff but the challenge is we not only have to make sure our marketers are marketing experts because if we're marketing to other marketers, our stuff has to be on point. We also need to make sure that our sales reps are marketing experts or striving to be, right? Because they're selling marketing technology and the minute they start to sound like they don't know what they're talking about to another marketer, kills their credibility. Same thing with our customer success team, right? Because as, as great a, a platform as Uberflip is, if your marketing is still not very good. It doesn't matter what tool you use, right? So, so we really try and make sure that everybody in the organization has a consistent drip of, you know, marketing education or knowledge. And uh, what resources do you recommend for people to look for to get that knowledge? Well, definitely come to the Uberflip Hub. <laughs> I have to give my team a shout out. They they produce some really great content there. Um, really helpful resources. I know you guys put out a lot of good stuff as well on on Funnel Cake, specifically talking about marketing auto- operations, which is something I think that is not necessarily talked about enough these days. And from that point, I would really, really recommend things based on you know what you're specifically interested in so for content marketing you know content marketing institute is a great resource marketing props is a great resource if you want sort of a little bit of everything but something that's very tactical uh, unbounce has a fantastic blog you know same with kissmetrics those are some of the big ones in the industry that people have likely come across and oh gosh there's probably tons more lots of different podcasts that are that are sort of out and about so i don't know i'm pretty sure we have a blog post with the best marketing resources so (laughs) Okay. And uh, last question. Uh, you mentioned this one's a, a little contentious. Uh, what's your uh, favorite 90s dance song? Okay. So here was my problem <laughs> with this question. I couldn't choose one song because it's the 90s and they're all amazing and they all bring back crazy memories from you know me in the 90s and also this question made me feel a little bit old, but that's okay. <laughs> so I crowdsourced a few responses from my team and there was a lot of debate back and forth around what some of the best ones were, but just to name a few, and also, by the way, we had to categorize them. So there were the best <laughs> 90s wedding songs, so the Macarena and Cotton Eye Joe fell under that. Um, there was a lot of love given to Montel Williams, this is how we do it. <laughs> However, MC Hammer's You Can't Touch This came in at a very, very close second. And then it just got a little bit ridiculous from there. So anything Banga Boys, Aqua's Barbie Girl, it's a ridiculous song, but you can't help but smile. Scatman, Lou Bega, Mambo Number no. 5. I could go on and on, but I think I'm going to spare you. And by the way, we haven't even touched Boys to Men, New Kids on the Block, Backstreet Boys. We haven't even gotten there. <laughs> That's amazing. I 
for sure, cause I'm faded. Honey's in the streets.